Ah, people of the internet, EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And um, welcome to another week. If you're listening to this when it is released, as I put my, uh, my uh, what do you call those things? The things that go in your ears so you can hear things. Earplugs, yes, or earphones. And also rub my leg. I don't know why. My leg has been, I don't know what's wrong. It's not hurting. But you know, I've done two walks. Uh, these past, uh, let's see, Saturday and Sunday. I finished a trail this week. Took me, oh man, 12 months to do. The thing was, I um, I set on this journey in January. You mind if I tell this story? Okay, cool. Thank you for allowing me to. And um, January 12, 2019 to be exact, I uh, started over, now you're not going to understand this unless you come from Norfolk, but uh, just just work with me for a second. I started at a uh, a, a little school known as Norfolk State University over on the uh, east side of of Norfolk. And we did a mile from there. Then February, we did another mile. March, we did a third mile. Uh, May, we did a fourth mile because we skipped April for Easter. June, we did a mile. July, we did a mile. August, we skipped because it was just too freaking hot. September, we did a mile. October, we did a mile. Uh, November, did we? We did something in November. Yes, 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 yes. And December, we finished, which was this, no, two days ago, yesterday. If you're listening to this, no, two days ago, if you're listening, this was recorded because I'm recording this on Sunday, the day before it's released. Everything always is a day behind. I'm projecting into the future as we speak right now. Yes, thank you. That's good. And so um, my leg is, um, it's not hurting, but you know, I just want to make sure it's there, I guess, is what I'm I'm trying to do. So um, I told you I, I did a walk. I finished a walk uh, around the trails, 10.5 miles. We, we finished that. The last mile was uh, yesterday. And, um, also I did a walk this morning because some people this morning being Sunday morning right now, the 15th of December, when I'm recording this the day after you're hearing this or the day. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're hearing this tomorrow. So yesterday would be the day after. Okay, cool. Uh, just make sure I got my mind right. Okay. All right, cool. Um, I did another walk this morning and I also did a walk on Friday. So I've done three walks. Uh, this week and Friday while I was walking, there were some thoughts that came through my mind that I recorded and I want to share that with you later on in the podcast. Uh, but before we get to that, I have a very interesting thought that popped into my brain, something that I've been kind of struggling with. Well, I've been struggling with a broader picture and I'm not going to hit you with that today because that's way too much for one to handle in one episode. It's way too much to even cover in one episode. But, uh, well, I'll tell you what it is and then we'll probably work through this as time progresses. I've been dealing with this ongoing war, if you will, this somewhat divide. I guess somewhat is kind of diluting it because it's a huge divide between young and old people. And that divide is stressing me because, well, I don't think it's stressing me more so than annoying me because I have this this objective, this goal in life, this mission statement, if you will, to provide 
an atmosphere where everyone feels like they're welcome. The old, the young, the babies, the... the that. That thing. Whatever it is, goes right there. Okay? And... It's sad. I had to pause because there is no and to that. Because that, it's blocked. The one, the reality of peace and goodwill for all men, the reality of young people being able to associate and old people being able to associate the babies and the gays and and the I don't care who you are. The fact, all of us living in the same town and not pissing each other off to the point that there is no possible way for us to be able to live together is a problem because we have strong-willed, stiff-necked people who want to control everything. And so I want to talk about one thing that I hope will start... The, I hope this... As we continue, we'll start the conversation of what the world looks like if we all got along. And again, today, as I was reading an article, kind of made something click into my brain. So I'm going to go ahead and pay bills, if you don't mind, right up in here as I'm scratching my head. I hope you didn't hear that. But if you did, it's it's, it's very itchy. Or maybe I'm just uh, scratching from the frustration of this conversation I'm getting ready to have. I don't really know. Either way, I need to pay a bill and figure out why my head is itching. And then when I come back, we're going to talk for a few moments about why millennials are done with religion. Let's go ahead and uh, open up. You know, I, I found this by accident. I, I was, I don't even know what I was doing, but for some reason it just popped up and I believe that I saved it. I hope that I saved it. I, I'm almost certain that I saved it. So if I go to my Apple news and clicked on save stories, it should be there. Yeah, there it is. Uh, it's from 538. I don't even know what what is 538. We'll, we'll have to um, talk about that in a second. Well, no, let's, let's go ahead and figure out what 538 is. Just just, just for all of us who may have it. Uh, let's see. 538. It's a website. Well, duh. Uh, 538. Uh, do we? Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, 538, sometimes rendered as 538 is a website that focuses on opinion polls, analysis, politics, economics, and sports blogging. The website takes its name from the number of electorials in the United States Electoral College, 538. Was founded on March 7, 2008 as a polling aggregation website with a blog created by analyst Nate Silver, in 2010, the blog became a licensed feature of the New York Times online. It was renamed 538 Nate Silver's Political Calculus. Mm, okay, cool. So now we know what 538 is. Let's go and read this here uh, article that I just shot. Ah, right here. 
The big shabukalo. I just made that word up. Yes. Millennials are leaving religion and not coming back. So we're going to read. I have not read this. So we're going to, you know, read through this or not. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know if we're going to read the whole thing, but we're just going to kind of. Uh, read some stuff and uh, this is definitely going to be linked in the show notes so you can go and read the whole thing Uh, but we're just going to start at the beginning Uh, millennials have earned a reputation for reshaping industries and institutions shaking up the workplace transforming dating culture and rethinking parenthood they've also had a dramatic impact on american religion life or should i say american religious life Four in ten, four in ten millennials now say they are religiously unaffiliated, according to the Pew Research Center, which I, I, I have my thoughts about, you know, polling places, but whatever. In fact, millennials, those between the ages of 23 and 38, are now almost as likely to say they have no religion than as they are are to identify as Christian. I probably should, you know, try to uh, increase the font so I can read or maybe turn a light on, one of the two. Uh, as we continue, for a long time, though, it, was, it wasn't clear whether this youthful defection from religion would be temporary or permanent. Well, nothing is permanent. It seems possible that as millennials grew older, at least some would return to a more traditional religious life. Mm -hmm. But they're mounting evidence that today's younger generation may be leaving religion for good. Well, like I said, nothing is permanent. Social science research has long suggested that Americans' relationship with religion has a title quality. Uh-huh. People who are or who were raised religious find themselves drifting away as young adults only to be drawn back in when they find spouses and begin to raise their own families. Yeah, that that makes sense. That 18 to 30 is like college ministries like some argue that young adults just hadn't yet been pulled back into the fold of organized religion. Yeah, they, they, the, uh, uh, let me pause right there because that is the argument that the traditionalists, the legalistic minds believe. They believe this uh, passage, it's in the Bible, train up a child the way he should go and when they're old, they shall not depart. And so they feel that that 18 to 30 year old, that's their going out like the prodigal son they're just finding themselves they took their inheritance and they're left but eventually they'll be back and so the old feel that there is no need to change because they didn't leave because of the church they didn't leave because they hate it or it's just ignorant no they left because they're just rebellious and they need their space and so we're just going to sit here and continue to do things the way we've always done it and realizing or having this mindset should i say that they'll be back tomorrow that that that, that's what they say Okay. All right, cool. So so now that we got that, we can keep on going. Some argue that young adults just said, oh, I said that. Well, we'll read it again since we might not have heard it. Some argue that young adults 
just hadn't yet been pulled back into the fold of organized religion, especially since they were hitting major milestones like marriage and parenthood later on. It what I just said. You know, you go out, you live your life, you trash it up, and then once you come to yourself, or as the scripture says, and he came to himself. Once you get to that point, then you, you'll be back, is what they say. Mm-hmm. But now millennials have spouses, children, and mortgages, and there's little evidence of a corresponding surge in religious interests. A new national survey, which again, I treat I treat polls like I treat toilet paper. It's just good to wipe the poop up and throw it away. Uh, but we'll continue. From the American Enterprise Institute, of more than 2,000 Americans. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good number. 326 million, but we're only going to talk about 2,000. Okay, cool. 2,500. Let me be accurate. I'm sorry. Found a few reasons why millennials may not return to their religious fold. Okay, let's, this may have some, may have some relevance. Let's, let's read this. One of the authors of this article helped conduct the survey. Okay, cool. We got some bullet points here. Let's see. For one, millennials... Many millennials, should I say, never had strong ties to religion to begin with, which means they were less likely to develop habits or associations that make it easier to return to a religious community. Now, let's stop there. Because I agree. I agree that the sad reality of the church of old or parenting of old is they built their children to do what I say not as I do. You're going to church. You ain't going to stay in my house on Sunday morning. You get up going to somebody's church. I don't care what church you're going to. And I don't care if you like it when you get there. You're going to do what I say. And so the kid, because you just threaten him with either going to church or being homeless, get up and they go. They sit there. They take it until they're 17 or 18 years old. And once they have reached their freedom, they never come back. Totally agree. Or if they do come back, they come back, especially in my neighborhood, the black people. They come back, or I guess some some whites may fit into there. They come back because they feel a sense of loyalty to mom a sense of dedication to their church. But as far as them actually adopting the Christian spiritual life, no, they they never have. And to this point, they, or should I say, if we're going to look at it from this point, they never will. From this point, from from how it looks now, no, it's not going to change. It's just way that it is. So let, let's keep let's keep going and, and see see what we got here. Hold, hold on, I, I lost my page. Okay, there we go. Point two, young adults are also increasingly likely to have a spouse who is non-religious, which may help reinforce their secular worldview. Yeah, yeah, because the, the overall uh, relational Mindset now, especially with the rise of, of uh, what are you telling me to breathe? I am breathing. I'm calm. Okay, you want me to calm down? I'm sorry. <sighs> I think I was getting too hyper about this. That's why I can't have these subjects. But anyway, let's continue. Uh, with the rise of LGBTQ and 
I think, yeah, all of them are in there. Most of your couples now are, especially, uh, what I wanted to say, now I, I know, I, I, with the rise of LGBTQ, it's not in there, is with the rise of uh, interracial couples. Because back when I was a little, yeah, yeah, it was still uh, more segregated relationships. I mean, granted, they were there, the, the interracial couples. The interracial couples have always been there. But, but it wasn't as, as enforced as it is now. It wasn't as, it's, it's kind of on the same thing as uh, gay relationships. They weren't as popularized as they are now, you see. And so uh, with, with blacks being intertwined with whites and uh, most of your white children, because, well, let's be honest, they went to dry churches. So they, the frozen chosen, if you will, they really hated their church probably from the time they were born, some of them. They're being the, the blacks are kind of being suckered out of that religious perspective. So, again, I agree with that. Point three, you're working good with this article. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with anything. Changing views about the relationship between morality and religion also appeared to have convinced many young parents that religious institutions are simply irrelevant or unnecessary for their children. Well, (laughs) I feel like we have something here. Three for three. Because most of us are See, here's the thing. The church hates gays. I'm just going to throw that out there. And watch, don't tell me to breathe because I'm going to be calm, okay? All right. We take a breath before it goes off again. The church hates gays. You and I both know that. And the reality of it is because they have not understood. I'm not trying to say that LGBTQ is right or wrong. That's not what I'm pushing here. What I'm pushing here is this overwhelming necessity to hate a group of people. Or this overwhelming necessity that the church has to look like it did 50 years ago. You have to have on your fabulous choir robes, which I have no problem with. I actually love traditional churches, mind you. But everybody ain't going to no classical music, foot stomping, blah, 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 fruit basket wearing church. Fruit basket mean you know them. See, if you ain't been to a black church, you never seen the women with them big hats with the fruit coming out of it. That you can't see over. That you you gotta. Hey, lady, I'm please. Is that fruit fresh? And if it is, can you please put your hat down? I'm sorry. Did I lower the mic, my fort, my my mouth from the mic so you can't hear me while I was yelling? I think that was a good thing. It probably protected your ears. But please, lady, as I remove myself again because I feel a holler coming on, remove that big old fruit basket from thy head because my short five foot four self can't see over your big self. That sounds about right. I I, I think so. So uh, again. I'm, I'm feeling some kind of way now as I open my phone because it closed on me. That's not the password. Hold on. Uh, why, why, well, first of all, why, why won't you come up? Thank, thank you. Come, there you go. All right. Now go back to the article. Okay. What else is in here? Millennials may be the symbol of a broader societal shift away from religion, but they didn't start it on their own. Their parents 
are at least partly responsible for a widening generational gap in religious identity and beliefs. Yeah, because mama hated grandma. And mama didn't want son, which is me. I guess I'm considered a millennial, aren't I? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in that in that borderline group. So yeah, Mama didn't want me to be a part of the ridiculousness that they had to be a part of. So they didn't force us to go to church. They didn't force us to be in Sunday school. They didn't force us to to uh, to adapt to these religious minds. And so now there is a huge generation of people who know not of God mama's fault their parents are at least likely or at least partly responsible for the widening of the generational gap of religious belief they would more likely previous generations to raise their children without the connection to the organization according to an AEI survey of course another poll 17% of millennials that were polled could have been 17% of five said they were not raised in a particular religion. Of course, I just said that. Only with only 5% of baby boomers, yeah, the boomers, and a few and fewer than one in three, 32% millennials, that could have been 32% of 10, say they attended weekly religious services with their families when they were young. Hmm. So, Basically, all the rest of this is going to be, you know, facts and stories and stuff. Feel free to read in the show notes. I'm not going to uh, waste your time with this. The point that I'm trying to make here, the conversation that I hope to start as we prepare to go to the track, go ahead and get it ready. Get your mind ready to listen to some music and think about this. Grandma, you're still running the church. If you don't wake up and realize that we're losing, the whole next generation is not coming. And so my question to you, as my pastoral mentor, I've I've given him a title. I'm not going to name his name because he may not want me to do that here. And that's fine. But as he mentioned to me, he said, we have fought to build a bank account just to pass on to somebody else because the church will die with us. And that, my friend, is sad. Uh, as I promised you, I um, I was doing my walk and some thoughts came into my mind. And so I recorded them with the hopes that they would go somewhere. Maybe they would fit somewhere. And I feel like they fit here. So I'm going to take and put it in just, just about five minutes of your time, if you allow me to have it. Uh, about five or six more minutes, I think is what I need here. Maybe seven to, to be fair. And listen to this, just just what was on my mind as I was walking through the streets of NFK. CM5, CM. 
Hi there, people of the internet. Um, I don't know when you're hearing this, but uh, whenever you are, I am literally outside underneath of a bridge. You can hear the droplets hitting the bottom of the, the, or should I say the droplets from the air or from the bridge that's running off the interstate. It's hitting the pavement. That's what you heard. That Let me go back to that sound so you'll know what I'm talking about because it took me so long to explain that you're like, what am I talking about? You hear that? You hear that? You hear that right there? Yeah, that's coming from the interstate up there. Uh-huh. That you can't see, but you can hear it. You also got a little drain pipe that they have that's taking water. How is that? How is that coming down? I see the water, but how is it? Oh, it's a pipe up there that's Oh, that's interesting. So, do I want to go in this? No, I want to keep walking in this direction. I'm going to walk slowly. I'm out here taking a walk because I made a mistake. And I don't even like that word. First, let me tell you that I hate the word mistake. And I'm trying so desperately to remove that from my vocabulary because mistake means that I wish something never happened. Actually, let's go ahead and get the proper definition of mistake. If you don't mind, I will uh, go over here and say mistake, meaning an action or judgment that is misguided or wrong. Well, that's one definition, but the English language is lazy. So let's get something uh, to be wrong about. I was inexperienced and I mistook the nature of our relationship uh, eh, accidentally in error that's what i like that that's the definition that i want to hang my hat on accidentally or in error you see i don't believe that anything happens accidentally in error there's no such thing as an accident there's no such thing as an error everything that happens is intentional as i wipe the dirt off of my phone and i believe that it's not necessarily a mistake that I didn't come out and do my exercise this morning or that I didn't come out and do it before it started raining. It was stupidity. That is the reason why, as you hear the car speeding by over my head. And so, why am I talking to you today? Because I'm hoping that this will be a piece of motivation for you. This is not the whole blog or podcast, should I say. That's what we do here. We do podcasts. This is a piece of the podcast, a little motivational insight, if you will. And that motivational insight is find a way to fix your stupidity. If that could be the thought of the day, find a way to fix your stupidity. You know why? Because we all have stupidities. And sometimes, if not all, or if not most, our stupidities become so ravaging Because we look at it, for example, for me, if I was to say, you know what? I got up late this morning. I had to go to the gym. Well, I could have came out here for a walk. Well, between the hours of sunrise and 12 noon, it wasn't raining. But I decided to wait until it started raining. So then I said, well, you know what? That's gone. No. What I'm doing now is I found me a bridge the main interstate that runs through the city. It's kind of funny because that main interstate that runs through the city is a long, long, 
like parking structure. And that long, long parking structure will afford me the right to walk under it. Do my exercise. Well, you come out here and do exercises, rain or shine, right underneath this bridge. Because truth is, even though it may be a little damp, might be a little cold, in certain spots there are, you know, uh, puddles because it's running off the interstate. You know, that's the thing. But for the most part, it's dry. It's, it's the old verbiage, shelter from the rain. And so I thought about that as a thought. That life thought it kicked me in the butt again. But old EDB found a way to escape. That's the old song he's singing the church. That old sluice-laying devil thought he had me. But I... Oh, I'm sorry. Am I not supposed to shout out here? I did, but you didn't see it, so I didn't even have to tell you I did it. But I guess the voice kind of gave it away. Hey, there's a man running. I got away. So that's the thought. Ah, thank you for your time and your, um, your ears during this podcast. Again, you know, if you're not new around here, that you can find me online somewhere. I'm on Instagram at Eric Deshaun Barrett, on Twitter at Eric D. Barrett, on Facebook at Same, on YouTube at Eric Deshaun Barrett. Got a little daily plog, plog, vlog going up. You know, I've been active 500 days now. Actually, 503, I think, is now. If I can just go ahead and, and make... See, watch, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Hold on, hold on. Just just give me a second. I know I told you that I want about seven seconds or seven minutes. So just, just give me seven more seconds is what I'm asking for. Yeah, uh-huh. because I want you to hear something, okay? And when you hear it, it's going to be... Go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. Did it go off? It went off. But it didn't ring. So we waited for nothing. There it is. That's what I was waiting for. Uh-huh. Day number, let's see. What, what, what is it going to tell me? Dismiss. I want to see what my, uh, uh, I've closed all. Uh, anyway, you don't care. The point is, I mean, you do care, but you can't see it. So there's no point in wasting your time with that. I told you to follow me on the internet, right? YouTube, Eric Barrett, Twitter and Facebook, Eric D. Barrett, Instagram, Eric Deshaun Barrett. Okay, cool. Anywhere else you can also find it. Eric Deshaun Barrett at gmail.com is the email if you want to write me. All right. Until the next time we get to chat from me and mine. Unto you and yours. Laters. Laters.